people are skipping meals, hunger and malnutrition are on the rise. And of course, as there's a shortage of dollars, it means that that simply undermines the ability to import key products. Hello, this is the weekly Tradecast, a new podcast brought to you by UNCTAD, the UN's trade and development body. I'm Sarah Toms. We're exploring how major events are shaping trade and development and how that affects billions of people around the world. This week, we're looking at currencies. The sharp rise of the US dollar is raising fears of a currency crash not seen since the Asian financial crisis 25 years ago. With inflation soaring, the rapid rises in US interest rates and a healthy US economy have prompted investors to flood to the dollar as a safe place in times of trouble. As the dollar surges in value, other currencies are being pushed to weaker lows, not least in the UK, India, Egypt and South Korea. Many developing countries are even worse off as they find it harder to borrow and struggle with mountains of debt that grew during the pandemic. With uncertainty running high, weaker currencies make imports even more expensive during the global cost of living crisis and raise the risk of investors pulling money from countries that need funding for development. Well, joining me now is Penelope Hawkins, Senior Economic Affairs Officer at UNCTAD's Debt and Development Finance Branch. She's an economist and policy advisor who has worked in the public and private sectors. Penelope likes freshwater swimming and walking her dog. Well, welcome to the show again, Penelope. Thank you, Sarah. Great to be here. Just to explain in a bit more detail, why should we care if currencies are very volatile? Well, it's generally accepted that a gradual depreciation of a currency could actually benefit the exporters in a country as their prices mm. become relatively attractive. But sudden changes and ongoing volatility tends to undermine both business and policy decisions. And this certainly has a very chilling effect on businesses and investment decisions. And for governments to retain their credibility, that can also put spokes in the wheels. Of course, in addition, if we're talking about a depreciation, then imported inputs become more and more expensive. Right. And that's important not only for essential inputs like fertilizer, but um, essential products like grain and food, for example. Now, what's happened with the Fed rises is that they have come on top of the economic overhangs from the COVID pandemic and the war in Ukraine. There have been outflows of emerging markets of an unprecedented value of 70 billion US dollars. Ghana, Turkey, Malawi, Argentina have all experienced depreciations of over 20% between January and July this year. But at the same time, so has the Japanese yen and the British pound. Now, why are countries, especially developing ones, not able to offset the impact, though, of the strong US dollar on their own currencies and economies? It's useful to remember that developing countries are small open economies. They're effectively price takers in the global currency markets. And if there's more demand for dollars than for their national currency, they have some capacity. Their central banks can intervene and buy national mm -hmm. currencies to protect it. And that provides a bit of stability for a time. But if this is a long-term and very deep swing towards dollars and persists, then, of course, central banks run out of reserves. Or because they see reserves as so important to the economy, they choose not to use the reserves further. So who's likely to be most hard hit? Mostly the poor households and mostly the poor countries. I mean, we know that poor households spend a larger share of their income on food. And if that food is imported, then that really squeezes people's consumption levels and forces them to make very difficult trade-offs. 
For example, in terms of buying the amount of food or medicine they may need, Sri Lanka's inflation this year has reached almost 75%, with food inflation above 90%. 69 economies have faced this problem of double-digit inflation, and that affects 2.1 billion people. So the problem is becoming more and more widespread. More and more families are having to cope with lack of food affordability. People are skipping meals. Hunger and malnutrition are on the rise. And of course, as there's a shortage of dollars, it means that that simply undermines the ability to import key products. So that could mean an inability to import food or medicine. And that as supply of certain products is reduced, that's actually got huge political and social implications. What will be the longer term repercussions of the current reaction to high inflation by raising interest rates? And, and that, of course, is causing the weakening of many currencies. Well, I think we would pinpoint at the very least two key dangers. The first is this global slowdown, which could lead to a prolonged recession that's associated with decreased investment in the real economy. It's occurring both because, of course, resources are being diverted, but also because national economies are increasing their own domestic rates in tandem with the Fed in an effort to protect their currencies and to avoid capital outflows. But of course, that makes investment decisions at danger and at risk. The second long-term effect, of course, is that it raises the average cost of borrowing. And that's particularly worrying for countries that are already in debt distress. Now, for some of these countries, they're already paying away a third of government revenues to service their debt. For example, in countries like Mozambique, Congo and Ghana, they are already paying more in debt servicing that they are able to actually spend on health and education. And of course, all of this very high borrowing cost is not only a problem for households in servicing their mortgages, but it becomes a huge problem for economies. How are they going to achieve the structural transformation and the sustainable development goals in this kind of environment? What could and should be done to address these issues and what's the UN calling for? Well, it's very clear that the immediate prospects for many developing and developed countries will depend on the policy responses that have been adopted in the most developed countries. We are concerned that the policymakers need to seriously consider alternative paths of action to lower inflation in more socially desirable ways than employing aggressive monetary policy. We think it's important to deal with strategic price controls and better regulation to reduce speculative trades in certain markets. Given that our understanding is that the spike in energy prices and, for example, shipping costs has much to do with corporate power and also to target income support for vulnerable groups and debt relief. And we also think that it puts into sharp relief this need for reform of the international debt architecture, including a multilateral legal framework for debt restructuring to facilitate timely and orderly debt crisis resolution that involves all creditors, both those who are bilateral and multilateral, and of course, those that are private as well as public. Thank you, Penelope Hawkins, for being this week's guest. Tune into the weekly Tradecast next week and every week for more insights on the most pressing issues around the world of trade and development. There's even more on our website, unctad.org. I'm Sarah Toms in Geneva. 
Goodbye for now.